Benny Bloss, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, best one out there. Hey, it's Marvin Musken, and you're listening to Moto X Pod Show. Back another episode of the Moto X Pod Show. Coming off a really great weekend at Millville, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Scotty T in studio. Uh, first, I want to thank our title sponsor, Cherbies USA. For decades, the Cherbies has been the leader in moto plastic accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. The Cherbies has what you need. So visit CherbiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let fully know that the Moto X Pod Show sent you. And, of course, X-Brand Goggles on board with us, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Williams Moto Works, Berm Lords Graphics, and Jersey ID. If you guys saw my, my Instagram this weekend, I got my new jerseys in. They killed it on those things. I appreciate that, Shan Garcia and Adam Montoya. And, of course, Extreme Colors Helmet Painting. Uh, if you guys haven't got a helmet painted by Kurt, the price just went up, 100 bucks, 395 now gets you a custom painted lid. Still got to get with it. Still better deal than almost any other place you're going to get a helmet. One of a kind, original piece of art that you can wear in your head and show off to your buddy. So check out Extreme Colors. Um, Scotty T, what's up, dude? What's going on, Dark Side? What's happening? Not much. No TJ this week. No video this week. Uh, I'm on call at work, so I kind of going to do a little bit of abbreviated show. Short and sweet. Yeah, glad you came over. We've got the one and only Alex Ray coming yep. on. And a legend, uh, Gary Simic's coming on. You know, guys, one of the first original Supercross champions, 500cc champion, way back in the day before Supercross became what it is today. Just a badass dude. He does all the. He's done MX schools and DVDs. You talked about watching some of yeah. those things. So we're going to talk about all that. But let's talk about Millville. Um, what do you think, man? What What was the the surprise? What What stood out to you? Uh, you know, we've heard the talk. There's some people like the track prep, some didn't. It was a little different. There was new new track layout a little bit. Not really layout, new obstacles. Yeah. Uh, the, some, some things to talk about. First thing about the track, that, that step up into that corner before the finish line, that was one of the coolest jumps I've ever seen. Yeah. They were like, where they were like, the 250 guys were like brake tapping and like barely making it over. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. usually you just kind of jump up into that corner for, for years. But to make it that triple like that, that thing was sick. And that track yeah. amazes me. Yeah, I, I felt like, it, okay, it was kind of cool that they were trying to do something different, but maybe a little overkill with the second uphill triple. I don't know. That thing, no, you, you were all in. And the camera angle they had on it, that thing was like perfect. Where Brock, where Brock almost killed himself? Yeah, yeah that, that part wasn't cool. But the like the, the way they had the camera angle was just, it was awesome. I loved watching I, it, them whip over that second one, and then and they get all, all the way of a sudden back. they're in your living room, yeah, and it, it was awesome. I, thought they, I guess it was a cool visual i will give you that like yeah. you see them get those 250s get all the way back on the back of the bike and try to get the power I to the bet ground in practice was i didn't see much of practice but i bet it was sketchy with some of the guys not jumping it and then yeah i think someone i can't remember who it was but someone said that they like almost landed on somebody over it, it yeah i did hear something about that too i i missed practice because i was at johnsonville doing the 
I tried to race this weekend at Moto Masters. So, so do you think if there was deeper and more ruts that uh, J Mart would have had the more track knowledge to get Ferrandis, or do you think it would even I, I, suit I think at even that more? level, like I asked J Mart about this in the press conference, you know, about home track advantage, basically. And I, I don't think there is any really at that level. Like, yeah, he might know some little lines yeah. that are okay that the track sometimes develops this way, but. Dylan Ferrandis, those guys are so elite that they figure out, you know, we, we hear about this all the time, right? So, no, I don't think that the track prep really would have made any difference. I, I think you. those guys are that good, each that good, that they would have battled either way. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe J-Mart wins, right? But yeah. I don't think it was going to make a drastic difference. I don't think so. I, maybe not. But I, I will say when I was watching it, I had the thought a couple of times. It was like, that is as absolute fast as you can go in a 250F. They are, <laughs> yeah. like, that is... It like there is no going faster than they were at the end of that race. It was impressive, and I mean, I hope that we—that's what we get for the next three rounds. But you know, we heard some of our—I don't know if you heard all the the pulp shows and all I heard that, but a good bit of it. So you know, we got WW Ranch coming up, mm-hmm. which that's going to be a, probably a good track for Jeremy. Uh, Just beat it out. Yeah, the but then once we the get to Colorado. Rest. We got the elevation issue, right? So we know the Yamaha, and, and obviously the, Steve said all this stuff last night, but yeah. but it's true. The Yamaha has more power, so it's gonna have a little bit of advantage. I mean, Jay might even said on the phone it has more power. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. no knock on Honda. It just is what it is. Right. So I mean, if you look at the next three rounds, realistically, Dylan does have the advantage. Uh, if you know, if you give him the same start and they're they're side by side, right, yeah. first lap or whatever. Dylan has the advantage. I mean, the bike's going to be better. His bike's going to be better at Lakewood, and then he rides every day almost out at Paula right. all the time. So you kind of you want to give him the advantage. But then again, like I said, these guys are yeah. The best and when J Mark trains in Colorado with Eli, true, he did. Yeah, that's true. But that bike with a bike hold up, hold up. You know, yeah, it's hard to say. But I think Dylan's got the advantage. I see Dylan clinching the championship. I do too. I think I think Jay uh, Jay Mart's real mistake was in the first moto. He had he. There's no reason for him not to get around his brother and teammate uh, Jet. He right. he. I think he he really had to do that, and he didn't. So I think that kind of put the momentum back towards Ferrandis because now he got in, instead of closing the gap to three point to like three points behind, he got ahead of three points, and it's going to be hard to close that gap on Ferrandis unless yeah. he makes another mistake. You know, he might. Yeah, it's it's. I'm sorry, I'm texting A Ray. Uh, You're good. He said uh, he's got to take an ice bath real quick, and he'll be ready here shortly. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, apologize for that. Um, yeah, I I I just think Dylan. It's Dylan's year. I'm very impressed with what J Mark's done. I mean, come, you know, heard lots of talk about him coming back from the big injury yeah. and being off the bike for so long. So it's awesome to see him back there, and he's put a hell of a fight in. And it isn't over. I'm not just saying it's over by any means. But I, I think all things considered, Dylan's got the advantage. Could yeah. be wrong. Hope I hope it's I hope it's like down to the last moto. Obviously, that's what we want. Yeah, we want good cool. racing. I think it's just even if J Mart doesn't win this championship, the come like they were saying this last night, the comeback he's had is impressive regardless whether he wins or 100%. not. To show the comeback and then like Ferrandis isn't just one of those kids that's finally got it all together and this is his year to win championships before he moves up. Like, no, Ferrandis is one of those, like, elite 250 riders. He can't, he's, he's done it over there. He's doing it here. If, even the being in the competition in the same conversation with him this year, I think, is already a testament to yeah. his comeback. What do you think about – okay, so a lot of people 
hate on Dylan Ferrandez. We have a lot of people in the United States that are just negative in general, or then they just hate people because they're a foreigner or whatever. And then some people hate don't they? They give him a lot of crap about his his uh, press conference uh, comments or yeah. his podium comments. You know when he said he's the way he says things sometimes can come across as arrogant or having an ego. It's really just a language barrier. I, you, so I that's what I think. I was I was curious if that's what, like what you really think. You can you can go you can say like, just for random examples say like. Give me the mustard. You say that in the U.S. and it means one thing. You say that in another in another language, that can mean something completely different. Okay, like flipping off somebody here. Sure, sure. Means one thing, and then sometimes you can go to another country and give them a thumbs up, and that means the same thing as flipping somebody off here. Okay, so yeah, yeah. like I, I, hear I think from. just kind of the the way that they use dialogue. Like I've noticed that European English is a lot more like sarcastic and and like kind of dry yeah and yeah. we're a lot more literal sure. so i think some of that comes off that way i, th- I think he kind of comes off as sarcastic but that's really just the french yeah. dialogue i just I, I know he says things sometimes uh like basically he'll say you know i, I expected to win you well, know yeah, or, and, they all do uh, but the way he says it i think people hate on but i think it's just him one being confident as he should be and two, I, I again, I do think it's a little bit of not understanding the nuances of yeah. the language at times I mean, and the tones maybe, if, but if I, it's him, I think he has plenty of respect for Jeremy. Yeah, I really do, and the other guys. Yeah, he, he, I think he does. Yeah. And well, he, like I was going to say this, he was one of my favorite interviews that I've done so far. That was one oh, of the cool. coolest ones. And uh, also, if, if it's saying that a championship or that winning is, is what he's playing is, Reed did that, Carmichael did that, Stewart did that. McGrath did that. Bradshaw did that. Bob Hanna did that. They all had that. I came here to win. Rick yeah. John, all of them from the sure. all the studs from all John of, Bale. Yeah, all of them said that. Yeah, everybody said I'm. I came here to win. I didn't come here. You know. So well, yeah. I mean, him saying that, they, I don't think is anything. They uprooted their whole life. Yeah. To yeah. Come here. All right. Let's talk four fifties. Um, AC man, uh, one one. Pretty pretty impressive. I was impressed. Blick Baggett all over his ass. I've always liked. AC, and I think that that was that was awesome, and I'm glad he held off uh, Baggett. Yeah, TJ would probably. I, I I don't know if TJ's still in the Baggett bandwagon like he was, but that was his guy. Really? Yeah, I haven't heard I, him really be. Well, no, no, I'm wrong. He has. When I went to Loretta's, uh, Loretta one, and I I talked to Baggett, I told him that. Yeah, he he was still very high on Baggett. So yeah, yeah Baggett is TJ's guy. I love it when Baggett gets in that El Chupacabra yeah, mode. He it's, was. it's the most rad thing to watch. Him coming down some of those hills. Was nuts. And that's some of the stuff I asked him at the press conference, too. Is like, dude, like, where was the line to, like, it was just unreal how fast. And I don't know if you noticed, coming out of the rollers, the, the yeah. whoop sections, right? Yeah. So there's a right, there's a left. Oh, and he was jumping he over was the jumping line? jumping over yeah. that berm. Yeah, and I asked him about sick. that. I was like, was that just, like, you were carrying so much speed and it happened? Or... He's or did you like you know what was the thought behind it? He goes, yeah, it sort of just happened, and he's, he's like, oh, just like cool when he, he when he gets in that that mode, that El Chupacabra yeah. mode, as we I guess we just uh, coined it. It's it's just next level. Like it's yeah. TV doesn't do stuff like that no. justice because if it's think so about gnarly. it, you charging a corner, you just went through whoops a sand yeah. whoop section front and back, okay. and then you're charging as hard as you can. Your arms are pumped up, and then all of a sudden you fly over and you miss 
the rut and you just land yeah, back yeah. tire on you just go well, like that's and that crazy thing's elevated so I, i've got the ride there the last two years when you make that right it, it, it's uphill a little bit yeah. and then it sort of turns left but it's also like the, well at least i know it's different on pro day but we ride after pro day and there's there's like braking bumps going up yeah. that thing so you like hit, so like he's dump. like duh, 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 and still yeah. oh, uh, it's just uh, unreal man it was so cool yeah okay zacco right we've talked we've had this talk yeah. it's probably his championship unless something catastrophic happens if what wasn't exactly catastrophic but it was not good do you, do you pull in if you're him so during the race i was like pull in man like what are you doing pull in but after hearing the numbers and i heard weeds talk about it and i want to say maybe anton talked about it like the amount of time that he was losing per lap when you figured it out the total he would have probably lost more than that changing the tire Unless it went absolutely perfect. Yeah, I've seen him do it where they like, timed it at like 23 yeah, seconds. But we've but... also seen it happen with Jason Anderson where it was like over two minutes or oh, something like that. Yeah. So, so any one one little thing goes wrong, then maybe he's outside the top 20. He yeah. doesn't get any points. That's the absolute worst track in the world to blow out a front tire on. Coming down those hills. Or Glen Helen maybe. But yeah, yeah. yeah, Glen Helen. Dude, I was scared a couple times when he would almost stop like at the top of the yeah. hill. Yeah. And then he would bonsai anyway, you know, yeah. for, for a bonsai in reference to having a flat tire anyway. And I was like, dude, that tire is going to come off. We're going to see it get stuck between the, the, the fork and the rim, and he's going to f- go over the bars. Like, that's what I was picturing. Yeah. Every time he hucked one of the big jumps, I was like, oh, dude, and the then, front like, end's going to lock up. And, and it was like um, it was like it got un, unbeaded and was like coming off the rim and then coming back on. Yeah, like, yeah. If that ever happens to me, ever, I'm yeah, pulled, that I'm was off. I'm done. Gnarly, impressive. That's the kind of thing that we always hear, right? Championships are won on your bad day. Yeah. He stuck it out. What did he get, 16th? Uh, 15th? 16th? Yeah, hang on. I don't remember. Uh, I think it was 16th. I'm looking at the list. Where'd you go, Zacho? This can't be. Uh, it says 10th. I overall, be... overall. Oh, what did you say? What were you asking? I think the second moto, he got 16th. Oh, oh, yeah, 16th. Yeah, yeah. 4 16th. So, um, very impressive. I actually texted him afterwards, and I was like, dude, that was gnarly. You know, same thing. Like you, basically, that's your championships are going to be won on your bad days, overcoming yeah. the adversity. That that was awesome. So uh, I think he it's still first of all, the two guys that are really in it right now, him and AC, two of the best guys, personality wise. Yeah. You know, you could it's it's impossible to root against either one of them, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Although I am rooting for Zeko. I mean, there's just well, like I was watching an uh, an old Supercross the other day, and like Reed and Carmichael lapped, every I lapped up to third. Yeah, and yeah. Carmichael went down on the last lap. Right, took right. a sweet time, rolled in, never lost a position. You do that now, you go from second to tenth. So anything, anything can happen. In the instead of anything can happen. So like, just like if you you know if it was back in the day, you'd say two guys in the title hunt. Nobody else is really in that picture. Well, there's other guys that are still in that picture. So if you go, you're not gonna just you can't just theoretically say oh they're gonna go one one two two the rest of the year and zach will hold on by six points like that's just not gonna happen right no you're right it's, it's a totally not, different it's not like We're it was so back in the right day now. yeah it's it's i think it's great yeah so. how about barsha passing uh oh, who did he pass on the outside and then took him down who was I that I, I don't remember it wasn't chase i don't who? remember seeing that he passed and he talked about it in the press conference now i can't remember who it was but yeah, he passed. He like he passed somebody on the outside, 
and then they sort of came over the berm a little bit or whatever and clipped handlebars. Oh, the, I think it was Se- I think it was Sexton. I don't think it was. Maybe either. It doesn't matter. Whoever it was, it's like even when he's trying to like not take somebody out, he yeah. still gets tangled up in this mess. But he, I mean, dude, third overall with not really the necessarily the best motos, but still he's. He's hanging in he's there, too. He's looking good, man. I mean, you know, I guess he's go- it sounds like he's going to gas gas, but he's right now he's looking good. I, I, I like seeing I'm it. I'm kind of surprised Marvin didn't capitalize more. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what his deal is. I, I need what, to reach out and try to get him What did he on. get in the second moto? It wasn't that. It wasn't uh, anything that great, Marvin, so Marvin's sixth overall. Hang on. My old 310. Yeah, ten. Yeah, oh, so. yeah, because he had problems too. That's what it I was. I think he cr- crashed at one. And then point, all of a but... sudden, Sansarillo's in the in the right in the conversation. Like now, you got to be him. Like, how do you not think about that one DNF at Loretta's? Well, yeah, and Steve asked him that AC last night. That, that interview with AC last night was really good. Yeah, it was. And the Jeremy Martin one was awesome. I can, I'm I'm ready to talk about that tomorrow night on a wrap up show. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's it's it was a good. Mil- uh, Millville was awesome. A lot of good racing. I had to go back and watch the beginning of the 250. Moto one because I was on my way home from Johnsonville, so um, so so put a percentage: Zach winning, AC winning, or Marv winning. Oh wow! Okay, so I'm gonna go. Maybe maybe just right, Zach 65, on AC. What's what's Marvin? Sixty five Zach. Sixty five Zach. W- pretty much whatever's left over. Uh, Thirty five <laughs> AC. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think, I think like I might take five percent. Or, or, or for like Marvin, who like anybody else that's even close, but yeah, I think one of those it should be I Zach. Mean, he's proven AC has proven before that once he gets a heater on a heater yeah, like that. I mean, good, he dude. led, he led, what's he led, sixty eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like that wasn't and with people with heat too, with like with pressure. He, so, yeah, I think he. Uh, it seems like he's got it figured out now. Yeah, I think that. Um, I'm doing all these hand motions, but we're not on camera. <laughs> I think the adrenaline or excitement, um, youth kind of thing with AC, it has balanced out with some maturity and yeah. calmness. I mean, he's still and, super young, even though he's been around for yeah. like, forever. Like it seems as though some of that has balanced out. Yeah, where now he is able to get out front and have pressure. And not make a mistake. Now, look, he could go into AWW this weekend and watch the front end, right? Could pull a whole shot and watch the front end. And we'll be like, oh, there it is again. But, of course, that happens with a lot of guys all the time. But yeah. on at, seemingly in the last few weeks, he's starting to figure it out. And that's that's good, a good thing for him, for us, for the sport. See, uh, yeah, I like I like guys like AC and, and Zacho and Barsha that, like, they ride with that in, intensity and that awareness of, like, this is a big deal, like, Tomac and a lot of those other guys are just kind of like bleed ice, kind of like yeah, 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 just like like yeah, you know, this is this is I just shut it all off. Like I like that ACs. Like he said in the in the interview at one point, he was like, oh, he's like, oh, I missed a rut or something, and my anxiety went up, and I was like, I, I, <laughs> he makes him real, yeah. yeah. I, I like that because we yeah. all ride like that, yeah, yeah. So I think that's I think it's great for the sport, and I I this last three rounds are going to be sick. I'm not actually like. My favorite tracks have already come and gone. Like, oh really? Thunder Valley is cool, but I and and I thought I don't really. I'm not honestly not a huge fan of the WWE Ranch thing. It's like okay, we're going out to a training facility to run nationals. So I agree. The best tracks are over with, which <clears throat> Millville, Redbud, for the most part. Um, I liked WWE Ranch last year. I went. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, 
Lakewood, I, w- I went to in 17 with Muscle Mark. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool place. It's, Paula, it's cool with being on the mountain and stuff, yeah. but I don't know. Something to, something about Lakewood, it just always seems different to me. Well, yeah, it is different. I mean, yeah, well, you get the elevation and the, yeah. the ground. The t- Excuse me. I'm choking here, so I apologize, everybody. Uh, I, I ate some nachos before I came yeah, out here. Thunder Valley does always offer some kind of weird championship drama, so yeah, look forward it, to that. Well, maybe we'll have another one of those you know, Blake Baggett moments, right, like a few years ago where he – Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, or, you know, that's where Eli – you know, back in 15, 16? Oh, when he was, leading by, shoulders, a, when he was leading by a minute and yeah. couldn't slow down? Yeah, so who knows, man. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Alex Ray. So uh, you guys hang tight. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two Stroke Premix, Polyclean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Hey, just uh, let you guys know before we get into this A-Ray interview, A-Ray drops a lot of F-bombs. So if you're one of our listeners with kids and uh, might want to cover their ears, it's there's, there's a lot of F-bombs. It's typical. It's our boy, uh, A-Ray, being himself. So just giving you guys a heads up. Appreciate you. All right, our first guest of the night, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the choice goggle company for many of the top privateers like Ben LeMay, Jacob Hayes, Ryan Brees, John Short, and our next guest, Mr. Alex Ray. What's up, brother? Uh, Not too much. Uh, Just had a day at the track and uh, just got out of the ice bath. So uh, just sort of winding down now. Uh, Just got done with some bike work and 
just getting ready for tomorrow. Okay, right there. Bike. You just said you got done with some bike work. What What do you do wrenching on a bike? Like how much How much do you know about wrenching on a bike? I mean, I know I know all the basic shit, but I mean, I just changed the flat tire because I got a flat today, so I was, it was pissed throwing shit. You know, Ugh. basic. You know. Yeah, fr- flat I mean, tires. I can change the oil. I can change the air filter. I mean, I know I know how to like do the whole top dead center thing. Check the fucking. Uh, uh, you know all that, but I, I just choose not to do it. I hear you. I you I, I try not to either. My uh, my producer TJ, who's not here tonight, he's been doing most of my work for me, and I, I like it that way because yeah, it's I just get stressed out. It's it's a pain in the ass. And too, being in Southern California, it's it's super nice because you have a hoodie at DT1 filters. You just take your air filter out if it's dirty. You can take it over there. He washes it for you, and pick, you can pick them up and get fresh air filters so yeah the dt1 air filter service is badass for that that's, that's a pretty cool use. thing we don't like i would have to do like pro filter or something out here but i just dude i just go ahead and buy the you know uni filter or whatever and i just i oil them myself man i do it old school mm. not fun mm. right um, No. okay we've got a few things i want to talk about um obviously you know we we all everybody listens to the show they're our pulp fans so we hear him giving you crap and everything, but really, man, this year has been rough for you, but give me something that you've learned, man. Cause I, I know you've had some struggles. I know mentally it's been tough, but what you, you gotta be able to find a positive out of this somewhere. Where, where is it? Well, I mean, to be honest, you just got to keep showing up, you yeah. know, I mean, eventually all this shit's going to, you know, blow over and, and we're going to have some good weekends. So, you just got to keep showing up and, and keep a positive mindset and it'll work itself out. You know, I mean, I've had, I've had one of the worst outdoor seasons. I don't, I don't even want to know. Like <laughs> it's just terrible. So many DNF, DNS is uh, a lot of issues, but it's just been freak stuff that's been out of everyone else's control. And, you know, and you know, I mean, I blame myself for Loretta Lynn's too. My bike got hot. I was probably on the clutch too much. Um, you know, and then everything after that, it seemed like it was just sort of out of my control. And I'm just sitting here like, well, I did everything that I could do. I showed up. I was ready. You know, it just happened that way. And, uh, yeah, I just got to keep trying, keep trying. It's easy to say, hey, you know, like, shit, I just won't show up next weekend. Right. You know what I mean? But but uh kept showing up. And, uh, you know, we're, we finally finished two motos. I mean, even though I didn't score points. I'm bummed about that. I think I could have. I just needed a better start in the first moto, and I would have stayed there, I feel like. Second moto, I had a crash at the top of Mount Martin, and I came from last to, what, 26. Right. That was even after I was down for over a minute, and, you know, I mean, I had to pull off of the track and start my bike because it wouldn't wouldn't bump start for some reason going down the hill, Hmm. and it was all sounding all weird. So I think it was because it was upside down for so long or something. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I was all the way in the back and I just freaking, you know, I just got, I don't fucking give up, you know, like that's one of the things, like whatever I'm on the track, like I want to finish just like at Loretta Lynn's one, whenever my bike was smoking and the team, they told me to pull off, they wanted to save the, the engine, you know, obviously we're not a super big team and, you know, like we we're not funded, you know, with hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars, you know what I mean? So sure. it freaking it grinded my gears not being able to finish any of the motos man so um you know it's been rough 
but yeah, you just got to freaking keep showing up and and doing the work, and uh, that's what I'm doing. And hopefully it'll freaking pay off one of these damn days. Shit, I'm, I need some points. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, man, we were all pulling for you this weekend, and I, I did not take you in fantasy, but obviously I was hoping you would get some points. Uh, I, you know, I, I like seeing you get get both motos finished so that you can maybe start building some confidence back and getting some positive things going your way. Because, you know, we hear, again, you know, I don't talk to you every week, but we hear Steve talk about you. And I, I know Steve cares about you as a friend, even though he gives you a lot of shit. And so do, you know, Weege and JT. Yeah. And, but I do yeah. kind of worry about your sanity a little bit when I start hearing some of these things. Because you go, all right, well, some of this is probably true. A-Ray probably is a little depressed, you know, a little stressed, and maybe wants to quit. Oh, I was in a fucking dark place, bro. Like, I was in, listening to the freaking most emo music, <laughs> all the lights <laughs> off, like, eyeliner, yeah. black fucking uh, fingernail paint, whatever it is. All I right. was emoed out, bro. <laughs> like, only wore black clothes. That's awesome. <laughs> We've all so, been there, man. Yeah. We've all been there. So I think you know, it was. I just felt like a 12 year old boy <laughs> that just got dumped for the first time. Oh, that's awesome, A Ray. Thank you. You just made oh. me laugh so hard. Hey, just crank the Papa Roach and it'll be all right. <laughs> Dude, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to call. You got to call Jericho up and go. Maybe you know, go see Slayer and then WWE. Yeah, 100. percent That would that would get me out of my slump. Hell yeah. Sure. He called me today, thankfully. Yeah. He's, yeah, because he was in the same shit storm as me because Benny sure. was having a bunch of fucking DNFs there too. So him and I were both just, we, we were down. We had to bring ourselves back up, you know what I mean? So, well, and so. both of you did this weekend, man. With three to go, yeah, you know, it's hopefully you can keep building from that. I did want to kind of finish what I was asking, though, with you being down like that. I, I think Steve said that, like, your dad was with you a lot, or maybe at one of the races, and he kind of talked you out of that. Um or you know, I don't know how accurate that is, but no, I know. No, no. So what, what? So what happened was, uh, I was talking to my dad. I'm like, Dad, if this shit, uh, this shit, like, if this happens at Redbud Two again, which it did, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not fucking showing up to Millville. Like, fuck this. Like, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna chill. I worked too damn hard for this shit to keep happening. Like, poor me, poor me. Like, I'm spending all my fucking money to race outdoors. Like, is this worth it? Like, I'm more of a Supercross guy. I had all this shit going through my head. And my dad, he just replies with the fucking Rocky thing on YouTube. He's like, <laughs> it's not how hard you get hit. It's how hard you get hit and you keep moving forward. <laughs> like, that whole fucking scene from Rocky. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I'm like, all right, here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> Pops coming through. So, like, that's, that's what sort of pulled me out with my pops and that that message so it's like i mean hey you know shit happens i love it man that's what hey that's what family's for right your mom when you were out in tennessee she's you know she's there to kind of take care of you a little bit and then your dad's there to give you the good advice man that's uh it, it's cool to have that you still have that yeah my mom she took care of me a little too much because i gained <laughs> probably like five pounds <laughs> go ahead scotty Hey, uh, so I'm gonna need you to name drop a couple people. When when you show up to the race weekend, who do you like? Who's the guys that like if they beat me, like ah oh, crap? And if and who's the other guys that you're kind of chasing, like the guys I in can, front of you that you want to that you kind of like feel like you have to beat, and the guys that like that you're like don't let them beat me. Whatever happens, don't let that guy beat me. 
Oh, so like if that guy beats me, I'm freaking quitting. Yeah, like yeah, name, name drop a couple. <laughs> Seven deuce dudes. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like, so I mean, obviously, Seven Deuce Deuce and I are more supercross guys. Yeah. Um, you know, like we're not really known for our outdoor finishes, obviously, but I have better outdoor finishes than I do in supercross, which is fucking crazy. I don't know, but um, I see myself ahead of Adam all the time. Whether that's that's just my mentality, but I mean everyone like pretty much. I mean, shit. I'm gonna say, to be honest, Ben Lemay. Uh, oh wow, Tyler Bowers. I say, I see myself in front of these guys. Like I mean, I want to beat them. You know, like I mean, I I like Ben Lemay. I mean, Tyler. He's a little on the fence with me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, it, you know, like all the like the sort of privateer guys. I mean, even my teammate Rod Bell. I mean. We're in the truck, you know. I mean, it's like, I mean, it, I mean, it, obviously, it it sucks for me seeing him do so well, and I'm just getting DNFs and not getting scoring any points and stuff. But at the same time, I'm happy for him, you know what I mean? Because he's doing so well and he's having a breakout year, and you know that's freaking awesome, and it's great for our team, and you know, and everything. So I feel like I just need to step my game up a little bit more, and I think that I can be in front of those guys or even in the mix with those guys. Because I've 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 been in the mix with those guys before. It's just I've had a tough year this year. You right. Know what I, mean? I got you. Yeah. So I kind of want to jump back. Like I know you don't have the budget for this kind of stuff, but a lot of the top level guys, right? They have uh, like therapists or whatever, or people, somebody they would talk to when they are in a dark place, or just you know the, the to talk about the mental side. Do you have somebody? in your corner that you can regular regularly go to that will give you like good honest. Uh, advice and talk and not just bust your balls yeah 100 percent um i have a lot of people um obviously my dad he's he's the wisest person i feel like i've ever met or known he's just everything he says is just relatable i don't know i mean i feel like anyone's father they just live it you know what i mean they've lived it all and and obviously too uh i have a mental coach um brian mcdonald um he's not at all the races but i usually get a phone call before and after the races. Uh, my trainer, Pablo, he's always FaceTiming me, wanting to know what's going on. Um, he always has something knowledgeable to say because obviously he's trained with, he's trained Davey, he's trained with Barsha, he's trained James Stewart, he's trained Justin Brayton a little bit, I, I think, and like a lot of the, the top-level guys, so he knows what it takes and what they go through, so he's super knowledgeable. Um, just everyone, hell, even... Even, like, Davey. I mean, Davey, I've talked to him about stuff like this. Uh, even Brock Tickle, because, I mean, he's he's struggled the past, you know, in the past. You know, obviously he's on a factory team now, but it's it's a whole mental thing. Like, I have all these friends, you know, and, and people around me that sort of bring me up, too. I mean, yeah, nice. Steve busts my balls, but he looks out for him and Kiefer. They also look out for my best interests. Swap looks out for my best interest. I have all these people that, you know, like, yeah, they, they may talk shit or something every now and then, you know, which is whatever. I don't care. But at the same time, they're also my friends, and they they say and do things to sort of help me and see things in the right direction. Nice. That's, a, that's what I wanted to hear. And I, I felt like those guys did. But, you know, like, really, we – pretty much only hear the negative stuff with you when it comes to the other shows, right? Because we hear Steve and everybody making oh, yeah. fun of I mean, you. We hear... that's, that's, yeah, that's the stuff for the show. You yeah. Know, that's, 
that's stuff for that's good content. But also too, like a lot of people don't see the stuff that that is said in the group text. Yeah. Or, or anything like that, you know what I mean? It, there's more to it. Yeah, and I, I tell people that are fans of this show, there's a lot of people that say, man, you, I don't know why you do stuff for Steve because all he does is give you shit and talk shit about your bike and talk shit about this. And I'm like, dude, you guys have no idea what he does off the air. Like the, the things that he's helped me with, with my own show, like the, the Moto X-Pod show, and he's helping me make my show better. Like that's, yeah, it's a lot of it is content. So I, I kind of knew that, but I wanted to hear you say it. Um, okay. So one more thing, right. We just talked about Kiefer and his, he, we know he believes hashtag home life. What, what do you, I don't know what your dating situation is right now, but like having a good woman on your side, is that something that you really look for? Or are you still kind of young and still kind of just like playing the field or does that, you know, does that play in, play into <laughs> oh, any of this? Uh, okay. All right. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Okay. So, <laughs> Current A Ray right now, we're we all we're 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 riding dirt bikes and 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 we're we're slaying. Okay. 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 <laughs> but but I do feel like I need something more structural. Um, I ha- I just haven't found the one yet that I can just hang out with and one that just doesn't get on my fucking nerves. Um, <laughs> but we're getting there. I feel like we're getting okay. there. Okay. Like, I, I had this one chick around there for a little bit, a uh, little blonde thing, yeah. but my mom was like, Alex, I don't like her. I don't like her. I don't like her for you. Turns out, she was right. Moms I, usually are. My mom, my mom was right about that one. She gone. Well, nope. she's still around, but just not with me. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, I, yeah. And then, like, I don't know, just I feel like. I just haven't found the one yet. And okay. then, like, I kind of want to find one that's not into dirt bikes, that doesn't know anything about it, because all these chicks are so, like, hungry to get into the scene, and then they'll get with one dude, and then they'll get with another dude. So, it's like, they're all dirty and gross. <laughs> and then, like, okay. I, I don't know. Like, I kind of just want, like, uh, just a cool southern chick sure. that just wants to hang out. But she's got to be, like, hot and have a nice butt, you know? <laughs> hey. Everybody has their uh, their checklist, but that's cool, man. I'm glad to hear that because I think I'm how, picky. I, I'm dude, real picky. Like, I, I, mean, I I understand. Me too. It's got to be hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I feel like I'm picky too. Um, you gotta have the whole package there. I totally agree. So, yeah. Ho- hopefully, we'll, we'll. How old are you right now, Ray? Dude, I'm getting old, man. Twenty-seven. Oof. Yeah, it's it's time, dude. It's time to. I know, right? I got J Bone. I got a dog. <laughs> I, I mean. I, yeah. My roommate takes care of it more than I do because I'm always gone. Right, but yeah. you know, maybe we gotta we gotta find you a woman. Me and Ke- somehow I don't. We gotta figure out somebody that. But that's, I don't want none of them Texas chicks, bro. Them Texas chicks, they're woo, they're wild now. What's wrong with Texas girls? Hey man, <laughs> I got you. Only one though. It's I, a, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, no, I, no, I'm I engaged to one, and I was married to another one, and been well, yeah, all, pretty much all my long term, rela- all my adult mm-hmm. and teenage life has pretty much been in Texas. So that's where most. Well, of- I, I be, uh, well, pretty much in Texas, it's either you find one <clears throat> that is really down to earth and cool, but you're going to be a stepdaddy. <laughs> or, you, or you yeah, find right? one that's still single, yeah. and then the first time you bring her bring around to the parents, then there's like all of a sudden there's a food fight at the house. So it's oh, one or the yeah. other, you know. I think I'm just looking in the wrong spot, bro. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Pod- so. Podium girls may well, not be the best, yeah. the best target. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Like maybe just like 
the chicks that are at the races. Maybe that's like. I, I, I don't know. It's just convenient. <laughs> like, well, yeah. like you said, though, like you said, they're all trying to get into that scene, and it's—they're not looking for love. They're looking for a, a place, you know. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the comment you made about finding somebody outside of moto. I think that would be the right move, and somebody that just is like, like you like to hang out with, and then they're like, "Oh, this is pretty cool. Let me, you know, come to the races with you," and and then they kind of figure it out, you know, and, and maybe they get involved a little bit, and help you out when you need, but not somebody that's looking for the next uh big thing right the next oh yeah the next factory rider or whatever yeah so well all right let's shift gears i'm just cruising solo right now i mean it's working out pretty good okay but uh but i mean my outdoor season hasn't been real good but that wouldn't change if i had a chick with me anyway she'd probably already left me anyways but (laughs) (laughs) especially when you went emo Uh, yeah for sure go ahead scotty maybe uh i mean maybe we'll we'll have some luck in the future I hope so, man. But go ahead, Scotty. Yeah, man. Uh, this is the first time you know I've never met you or anything before, and and uh, you always have that. You kind of have an interesting persona in the industry, and I guess I'm just kind of wondering: do you do you feel like you have to kind of like you probably got that way just kind of being yourself? But do you feel like now that like you see a camera or you see somebody in industry that you kind of have to like blow it up a little bit, or is kind of like is the Alex Ray we see is the Alex Ray like always get like you know is is that you or do you kind of do you feel like now at this point do you have to kind of play it up a little bit? Well, fuck, I guess you just have to ask Dark Side. I mean, how <laughs> am I? I mean, am I this way? It, is this my personality? Yeah, pretty much from when I've seen you, even when like at Loretta's one, right? No fans around really. Yeah, you were pretty much being the A Ray we know. Um, so but like yeah. when you see a camera, does like a little a switch flip? No, or I think he's like like seventies. Just dudes. like oh, what here's you my see time. on camera. Yeah. Or what you see, what you see, what you see is what you get. Yeah, I heard that. All right, yeah. that's kind of what I think. I, he's pretty real. Yeah. Okay, I got a couple more topics I want to touch on before I let you go. So I was looking back through your Twitter just trying to see if I could find anything interesting to talk about, and uh, a recent tweet was how badass would it be to be a DJ at a strip club? Now, A-Ray, Dude, this, wouldn't it? right oh here, I think, God. is where your attitude might be a little off track. Because, no, that what that's, all that's going to do is get you in trouble. What kind of life is that? I don't know. It seemed like it'd be pretty fun for about two or three months. Okay, fair yeah. enough. For a couple months in your early 20s, maybe at 27-ish for a few months. But then, like, it's you got to grow up, A-Ray. Well, what do you want? I mean, I think I said that. I, I don't know. Maybe I was I was just spitballing here. I know. I was just I, thinking about sitting on the couch because I've I've been to my fair share of strip clubs, sure. even in Texas, and like I don't know, like their voice, like their energy, like <laughs> the music that they play. It's like, just fucking badass. Uh-huh. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, damn. I wish like, I had the the key for hey, drop I, right I now. agree with you, man. Everybody's always and wanted to do that them, voice. Honestly, a lot of them have the same like style that Darkseid has, like the pony, like the music, <laughs> like you know, We're, like all that. Out of the 80s. That's, that shit going for him, yeah. Straight out of the eighties, yeah. Yeah. Welcome 100%. to the stage paradise. Yeah, man, I feel it. I feel yeah. it. Mercedes over on the side yeah. stage. Yeah, man. I can see that. That'd be dope. Okay. Um, one more thing. This is a little bit more of a serious topic, but with the age difference, so I'm 45. I'm a little different generation than you, and then we have this younger generation that's coming behind you now. I, you know, as, as we get older, as I get older, I feel like the, the youth is getting softer, right? You you clearly had great parents, um, they, they give you good support. They give you good advice, but with this new generation seems like, you know, uh, they expect everything to be handed to them. Uh, they're kind of pampered a little bit. Everybody gets a trophy, blah, blah, blah. We hear about all this crap. 
What do you see from your from your age group, your generation? Do you see the same thing that I'm seeing, or do you think it's blown out of proportion? Yeah, yeah, I, I see a little bit of it. I see a little bit of, you know, like, you know, and I mean, I've I feel like I've worked my tail off. I, I've had to work for everything that I have. You know, I mean, my dad and my parents they did everything for me. I mean, they still help me out a lot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but I mean, I've worked for a lot of the stuff that I have too. Uh, maybe not in my early years, I slacked off a little bit, but here the past four or five years, I've really like, you know, flipped the script on it and sort of, you know, like worked my tail off. But, uh, but yeah, I, I feel that, I feel that a little bit too. Like, I mean, some of these kids coming up, like all they care about is just throwing whips and freaking Insta bangers, right? which is fine, which is fine. That's cool too. But at the same time, it's like, you know, like, hey, they like kind of like, I don't know, if, if something doesn't go their way, they're just like, oh, poor me, screw it, you know? Yeah, that's my, I guess, kind of my point. Like, is that going to long-term hurt the sport a little bit where these guys are like, oh, I can't handle that I'm not winning or I can't handle that the factory team didn't come calling, so I'm not going to fight for it. I'm not going to work, you know, go out and work my ass off like an Amart or somebody who trains their butt off or, you know, like, are we going to see – like, will it hurt our sport, I guess? Do you think it, or it just held, you know, I don't want to get political and talk about the world necessarily. Let's just talk about racing, but is it going to hurt the sport? I wouldn't say so. I would, I mean, there's always going to be factory teams. I feel like there's always going to be factory rides. and There's always going to be riders riding those factory rides. I mean, the, there will be enough spots for people to fill the gate. But what about the, pri- yeah, okay. Prime. So that's, I, but it may kill the privateer life, which I mean, we're already starting to see that just, there's so many factory quote unquote guys right now, but I I don't want to see the guys. You like- know, I feel like you're right there. I feel like you're right there because 2011, my first outdoor. Okay, do not look up the fucking results. <laughs> um, it was a Unadilla. I was terrible, but whenever I showed up there, it seemed like every past freaking Loretta Land 250A guy from the top five showed up for that race. <laughs> right. And, like, I'm talking, like, these dudes were fucking gnarly. Like, gnarly. And I got my ass kicked. And, like, now I feel like you don't see that as much. Like, hey, if they don't meet this deal, like, at Loretta's, they don't win or they don't get a ride out of there. They kind of just disappear and go get a job. Yeah. Or go to college. Which is cool. Which is cool. It's whatever. But, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it was a bit gnarlier back in, like, 11 or 12. Well, yeah, there's guys like, okay, I don't know if you know Brent Rouse. Rouse, uh, you know, he's a, he works for Bolt. He rides Privateer Life. He's out there. Like, he's not making races, yeah. right? He's just out there fighting for what he loves. He just loves doing it. And Yeah, I, he, he actually rode at my house in between Loretta's. Oh, yeah, he told me that. That's right. Okay, so Brent's a good dude. I mean, like, he's certainly not getting making any money doing this, really. He's doing it because he loves it. And I feel like those type of guys are just going to disappear over the next the next generation like oh well i'm not getting paid a million dollars so why would i go out there and do it you know that that's my fear i guess i don't know man yeah okay i i I don't i don't know i don't have a solution for it i don't know i mean maybe just i don't know i don't either just something i was thinking about just something i was thinking about and i thought it would be something different to talk about so uh, i appreciate you uh, you having gary simics on yeah he's next bro legend oh my god i know i Bro, just i met him two weeks ago that'd uh, be a good question to ask him 
Oh, I watched I will. all of the Gary Simics. I had all the Gary Simics freaking like technique. Th- it didn't really work out because you know how my <laughs> technique is. It's not very good. But I watched all of his videos. Me and my dad, like well, that's what we used to do. We used to sit in the garage, work on dirt bikes, and watch Gary Simics freaking mm-hmm. like Super technique cool. videos. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I'll tell him that, man. Yeah, yeah. And we even had like the Gary Simics like weight. Um, training his like his weight training thing like printed out like on the wall yes it's still on my it's still on my wall like in the in the garage my dad used to do it like every day like religiously like he had like this full like gym workout my dad would do it like every day that's cool that's rad yeah he's yeah. i i he, we have a uh huge what's well, actually the biggest vintage national or whatever in the country uh real close to me it's called diamond dons that was two weeks ago uh yeah yeah freaking clark jones no lean dude he shows up there every year yeah well i didn't see him this year but obviously trampus parker's always here and then um uh gary was there clark jones bro yeah there's some bad dudes they show up on those hundreds and just rip and it's kind of uh actually i don't know what the word i guess it it's it saddens me because they come out on these bikes that are old as I am, 100cc, and are going faster than I can go on a 450 because I <laughs> suck. I don't know. Maybe it's all those stickers weighing you down, bro. Oh. Hey, all, right, all right. Is this where we're going? <laughs> hey, no, he he, would, he doesn't know because he never actually rode the bike with all those stickers on it. No, I did. I rode it this weekend. Uh, oh, you didn't? I, made, I thought I, you changed it. Uh, no, I didn't take them off. Uh, okay. All I did was I took the nose, the, t- the front fender nose piece off that had – the Kiefer logo on the side, oh, okay. and I changed it and put the Pulp logo, so Pulp's on my bike now. Okay. I was going to pull that center sticker off that has all the logos that he was really bitching about, and I was like, no, you know what? F you. I like it. It's my bike. Suck it, Steve. <laughs> so I left it. Boom. And, like, really, A-Ray, okay, put yourself in my position, right? To me, I, I'm still really – I'm nobody, dude. I'm small-time, barely media – I have all these guys that are willing to help me I out. I think that's bullshit because I feel like everybody knows Dark Side. Well, I don't see it that way. When I when when Randy Richardson sends me a, a set of tires, or when Vertex Pistons gives me a big discount because of Pulp, I'm so thankful because I don't really know that why I deserve that. That I'm going to be like I'm going to advertise for these guys because it means so much to me. Like so, then I was like asking Steve, like, all right, too many logos. Who do I take off? Who goes? Because like, well, that's when you start putting shit on the jersey. Oh, I do, dude. My jersey, yeah. my jerseys look like my bike. The jersey's full. Oh, <laughs> no, I got you. Well, they they used to have a lot. I've backed it off a little bit because Steve got to me. Oh, but geez. I'm not pulling that one sticker off. But I, I do have I do have an idea for when I'm in studio October 5th that I think will be fairly funny. So you have to check out YouTube that night. So. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. I I'm really hoping that you bring your A game. I'm gonna do my best, A Ray. I promise. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a lot of hype around this. <laughs> like this is this is your make or break. I it's, I hope you know this. It's, it's like be, your one shot. Yeah, your one shot. Steve's acting like I haven't been in studio before. Like I was there in Vegas last year. I mean, it was. I mean, bro, I mean this is short. Uh, did was there all like the video cameras and all that there? Yeah, I was at the end of the show. Like JT and Max and a couple of the big time guys were there for the most of it, and then like the last hour. Uh, he let me on mic and on TV, so or on, on video or whatever. But You're it was be in for the whole show, dude. Like, yeah, you gotta no. bring it. That's like four and a half hours, bro. Oof. It's gonna be long. I hope I get my. But all I'm worried about is my music. I got to get my commercial break music right. Oh my gosh, bro! Is that what you're worried about? I am. I'm not stressing about the show. I got this, A Ray. I'm a professional. 
I'm in the show on Monday, and I'm kind of like, yeah, you and Cade. I'm kind of stressing. Yeah, because I don't know what Cade's going to say about me because I've, I've done some dumb shit in front of Cade. Well, you guys have done the show together before. It was good. Yeah. He's yeah. cool. Did, did you see that, that video of Cade just looping out? <laughs> I did. Dude, I thought that was the greatest shit ever. You would. It was It was pretty pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I left it alone. I, I'm not one to... Uh, if anyone's listening... Anyone who's listening to this podcast, go to Cade Clayton's Instagram and watch that video. I'm doing it right now. Oh yeah, my god, it's pretty. You will laugh. Pretty fantastic. Like if if you want to see the definition of cattywampus, that was it. That was a full on Cade air. Yeah. Like I'm surprised that did not get put on Sports Center top ten. <laughs> yeah, and Steve didn't even say anything about it. Like if that had been you, it would have been 25 tweets and reposts, and uh, and then he never said shit. I'm going to screen record it and put it on my Twitter. Did not have the show. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right, Eric, <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll call in next week when you guys are in studio. And then uh, the week after that, it's my turn. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Bring your A game, bro. Will do, brother. Thank you, man. <laughs> you too. All right, see ya. See ya. All right, thanks to A-Ray for coming on. Always great. Um, so you asked me ahead of time. Like what? What he's like? What you know? How he interviews? Yeah. You were saying like I don't really know how he interviews. What'd you think? Oh, that was really cool. Yeah. Hey, he he seems like like you said. I kind of like that's kind of what I, basically the answer I was expecting to get. Yeah. It's like I I just didn't know if he he's had to like genuine. I think. Yeah. I know. I just didn't know if he had to like pepper it up sometimes to like keep to keep this, the spotlight because it's kind of putting him in a unique position. I think that's why maybe why him and uh, Seven Deuce Deuce have a little bit. Of beef is because they're both kind well, of like the class yeah, clown. They you don't know? have beef. They're, they're not they're beef. buddies. Well, but, yeah, it's like they're they're both they, fighting for like, the same class. Yeah, clown, yeah, yeah, clown. yeah, yeah. So I I think it's I think it's cool, and he does seem down to earth. Like that's 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 a Ray, and that's just what yep. you're. And I'm definitely. It's making me just. He's one. Of, he's one of those guys where I'm introduced or looking forward to being introduced to in person at like a Supercross Dallas or something like that. We're going to make that happen. That'll be let's, sweet. Let's uh, take our next commercial break. We'll be back with Gary Simmons. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Entercam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. 
Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy's voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner. Or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W E R X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw and Adam and Tyler Antonap. I wear fly wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, we're back with our next guest of the night, who is brought to you by uh, Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has many lines of oil to fit all your needs, whether you race sprint cars, motocross, dirt track, it does not matter. They have what you need, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Visit bloodlubricants.com and use promo code MOTOX today to save. Today, Blood Lubricants brings us one of the legends of our sport, Mr. Gary Simics. How are you doing, Gary? Hey, what's happening, guys? I'm doing good. Good to hear from you, man. First of all, it was really an honor to meet you at Diamond Dawn. Such a cool event, and like legends like yourself and Jorsky come out, and Trampus Parker, uh, and just yeah, cool. and go back to the grassroots of the sport. 
Right. Oh, yeah, it was awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, um, I heard a lot about Diamond Race, you know, big event down there, and, man, it's even better than I thought it was going to be. That guy, <laughs> Diamond Dawn and his wife, Francine, they manage a lot of people and put on an awesome event. They do, and that really really wasn't necessarily the biggest one I've ever seen, you know, with everything going on. It was was still pretty impressive. Right, right. Yeah, Tony Mosley hooked me up with a couple bikes that I used to race. Well, the the ones I raced were factory bikes in 75 and uh, 79, but but he had uh, the production bikes that were a lot like, they were like new. I mean, the guy takes real good care of them, and he let me ride, race those bikes, and uh um, Trey Jorsky was also racing for Tony. Yep. So a big thank you to Tony Mosley for hooking me up with some good bikes. Tony's great. I saw him this weekend at a TVRC uh, vintage race, which actually that I didn't. TVRC race was Sunday. I went to a vet race Saturday, and uh, Tony was there for you know just the night before. He's such a good dude, yeah. and yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. To, love that guy. He actually, yeah, he, he never stops working either. I mean, he does not. and working on the bikes. Very true. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so I know we talked, I, I touched on some of this stuff a little bit with you on the video I did, but not everybody maybe saw that. Um, I want to start with your Supercross, your 500cc Supercross Championship. Um, so this was, uh, what, 74? 74. 74. What was Supercross, what was the thought process with, like, the industry, the fans, like it was very, very different than what we know now. What what did people think of it? What was it like in 1974 racing Supercross and then doing it on a 500? Yeah, I mean, the riders that I knew of, that I was close to, you know, we thought it was pretty cool, but we didn't really like it that much. We liked outdoors a lot better. Yeah. Because back in those days, they really didn't know how to build the tracks. Um, I mean, the corners and single jumps and stuff like that, but there was very little doubles or anything going on. And when they did start making doubles, they didn't know how to make them, so they made it peak to peak. Like, each takeoff and landing was like a takeoff. Right. They were all peaked up. So it was was kind of weird, especially at uh, Daytona. Gary Bailey would put in this big gator pit thing where they called it the gator pit yeah you had to jump the whole thing or it really lose a lot of time and go down through it and i think there was like telephone poles on the other side to hold the sand so you didn't want to come up short sure and yeah you know it was it was pretty nuts but look what it turned into man never would have dreamed well that was going to be my next question was was there anybody that could say see a future, a real future, business-wise for Supercross at that time. Other, th- I mean, I guess well, somebody had to if they they came up with it. Well, Mike Goodwin, you yeah, know, he was a guy that started it all. Um, maybe he did. I don't know what other people were thinking. Uh, you know, at that age, I was maybe twenty. I think I was nineteen actually in '74. Um, you don't think past what you're doing right now, really? Very true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, it's pretty interesting though. Just because I mean, what it's become, and then you look back, and it just when you see, even even when we see videos of like the '80s, right? I mean, like I sort of got into the sport 
I mean, my dad had me riding dirt bikes, but I didn't learn about Supercross until probably 88, 89. And even the, the changes since then are unreal when you go back and watch what they're racing on. So it's, it's, the evolution's pretty incredible. Um, and yeah. you know, it's, it's cool. And you, you mentioned in that video that like, I asked you if you would like to race now versus maybe having the chance to do it all over again. And you said, yeah, now yeah. the bikes are better. The, you like the jump. That was a pretty cool answer. Yeah. I think the evolution of the sport has grown not only in the technology of the bikes, but also the information that's been passed down from the past generations. I'd say a, a pro motocross generation lifespan is usually about 10 years. Okay. On yeah. So, you know, each 10 years, there's a new crop coming in. Well, that, that last 10 years teaches everything they knew to the new guys. So the technology is improving and the information um, about how to train, how to practice, how to set up your bike. Right. You know, all that stuff is going, is evolving. Very true. And <laughs> with, when you put both of those coupled together, man, that, that's why the growth of the sport is, is just so different now. Yeah, that, that kind of was actually brought in perfectly to the question I was going to ask you. Is, you know, you've been around, like you said, these different about 10 years of generations have come through. Relative to, you know, like you said, to the knowledge that, that each generation had, the bikes that they had, and obviously the tracks were different. From your perspective, what do you think was the fastest generation relative to what they had access to? Uh, that's a really good question, but I think it's kind of impossible to answer because... Yeah. That's why it's a good question. Everything is relative. Right. You know what I mean? If you take Joel Rivera, Roger DeCoster, and you put them young men today in the sport, they would still be champions. Yeah. Everything I, is kind of relative. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, but, it's one of those arguments or those discussions we like to have, but yeah, it's, it's hard I, to The put cream it. rises to the top, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. The, the champions of the past would be champions today and vice versa. So, I think Gary, you and had a not only you know the, 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 another reason the riders are so good today is that they start out on awesome equipment. <laughs> right, and those little fifty cc race bikes are like works bikes, man. They're they're awesome. You know, we started on not even close to something like that. Yeah, like little trail bikes or something, right? Right. Yeah. Right. My first bike actually was a Harley Davidson fifty cc <laughs> bike road bike. That's yeah, but I rode it on uh, trails and strip mines and dirt roads and stuff like right, that. Right, yeah. Kids you know. have no idea today how lucky you have it. We were we were just on the phone with Alex Ray, privateer Alex Ray. Are, are you familiar with Alex? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He and he he gave you some compliments. He said he 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 and his dad watched all your videos. They would have them on in the garage while working on stuff, and they were always watching your videos. And lit, awesome. he said his dad did your you had a workout uh, exercise program. I guess that he has oh, yeah. a, had all the posters on the wall and would do those every day. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I hear that. I actually, do hear that from a lot of a lot of people at the races, and you know, just people telling me, um, "Man, I watched your videos when yeah. they were VHS tapes." You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and and now I have went to DVD, and now it's video on demand, streaming and downloading on any mobile device. Um, Roku and stuff like that through an app. 
Yeah, I saw that you have you have your website gsmxs.com. Uh you've been doing the lessons f- for many years and I wanted to ask you about that, right? So you come from a very different generation. Um you've been at this a long time. The the way people ride now has changed as far as, you know, scrubbing and all these different little techniques. What are the major f- things that you see that still translate? Well, the main thing is it's a drop of a starting gate to a checkered flag. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> so very true. That's that's the main thing. But, yeah, the, the bikes, you ride them a lot more in a forward position now than we used to. We, uh, we kind of had to hang back a little bit to keep them suckers going straight down the rough straightaways and stuff. But um, the only really different things is scrubbing, whipping, the way they do whoops. I mean, not whipping, but scrubbing and the way they do whoops is the biggest things today. So when you, when you get uh, a up and coming kid or a young kid that comes out, uh, either wants, you know, watch your videos or you see them at the track, what are some of the, the basic fundamentals that you would have them work on to start with? Well, I always watch them and critique what they're doing. And most beginner level riders, C-class riders have the same flaws. Uh, body positions and movements are not right. Sitting and standing, usually there's some of those that are pretty far off. And the biggest thing is braking. They don't realize how important the brakes are. The rear brake and the front brake are sure. both equally important. And, yeah, I mean, just carrying your speed through a corner. If it's a flat corner or a rutted corner, carrying your speed through what I call a transition, transition being where you go from braking to accelerating in the corner. That's like the most important part. But you're talking about schools and stuff like that, man. I'm 66 years old, dude. I've been doing these schools since 1985. And uh, over the last 10 years or so, I've been working on certifying instructors. So now I have uh, currently nine certified instructors in six different countries. And it was really growing fast until COVID hit. Right. And that just kind of halted everything. But, you know, I certify these guys. I train them to teach the same way that, I'm, that I teach all the techniques. And then putting together all the videos, there's over 80 videos in my uh, Video On Demand app. It's a subscription. It's 10 bucks a month, nine ninety nine a month. Cancel any time. Can't beat that. Do, do an old dude a favor and try it out. <laughs> Yeah, I I need to do that. Dude, I've been riding, like I said, really, I guess I've been racing since 89-ish, but I don't have good technique, Gary. I just kind of do what I do, and I'm mm-hmm. 45 now, and you know, in the last year, I've had some pretty big crashes, and like you just talked about braking, you know, and I, I go out on the track, and I, I would consider myself a pretty decent, like, slow um, intermediate rider or maybe a fast novice rider. That's about my talent level. But, uh-huh. you know, I get out there on the track and I think I'm going into a corner as fast as I can go. And then I, I watch my GoPro and I'm going, oh my God, why am I letting off the gas so like a hundred sure. feet before the turn, you know, like, and I just, I don't have the confidence that my technique is good enough to do what needs to be done. And I, I need Dude, to subscribe. You, you got to subscribe. Yep. I have, videos where you can train on your motorcycle in your garage on the bike stand. You can do a lot of techniques, body position and movements, braking, how you use a front brake and throttle, clutch, 
there's a lot of things you can practice in the garage. Stationary position, it makes it a lot easier now when you get to the track and start to do it on the track. Yeah, I, I will subscribe tonight, I promise you. When I'm done here, <laughs> I'm going to subscribe. Just to talking to you in the last few minutes, like I know that's what I need to do. So I'm in on that. Scotty, I'm, I interrupted you. I apologize. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, it's kind of on the same thing. Um, do you do you feel like there's a lot of people, average riders, maybe even pros too, do you think that there's kind of like maybe like a pandemic of people that chase setup rather than fixing their riding style? Do you think that people try to overcompensate with – compression and mm-hmm. rebound and all this stuff rather than just fixing the way they where they put their butt or something like that? Yeah, you know, I suppose it could be. Um, some guys get too into testing all the time, trying different stuff, instead of just getting something that works, that you're used to, and, and running it. And, you know, if the track changes a lot, you can adjust it, but not trying to come up with a completely different setup all the time because I hear it all the time. A new year, a couple races in, one of the top guys will say, man, yeah, I was, uh, we were using our new settings, and we ended up going back to our old settings from last year. Right. And it worked. It worked a lot better. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a. That kind of. Go ahead. I would say that's a big topic. Uh, you know, Steve Mathis from Pulpamex and Jason Thomas from Fly Racing, they do a lot of podcasts, and that's a big topic that Steve really gets frustrated with these guys that are always talking about on the podium or the press conference, well, my setup was off. My setup was off. And, you know, mm-hmm. J- JT, you know, who is a, you know, a professional racer, privateer, always says, look, yeah. get your get your setup at 80% and then leave it and just, you know, work on your technique and riding with it and making that, you know, if you're always chasing it, you get kind of what, like, Yamaha had last year with Barsha and Plessinger where they were chasing setup so much that the bikes just didn't work at all, and they were so far off. And oh yeah, you get confused. You don't know what's yep. working, what isn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think having somebody like yourself who is more old school and and didn't have all those options probably is somebody that would be really good for some of these guys to listen to if they were willing to take that yeah. advice. You know, really, it, it does come down to overall in this sport, it's it's the rider. You know, most of it's the rider. Yeah. Um, Damon Bradshaw was a terrible tester. He didn't <laughs> yeah. even test his bike because he didn't know how to test it. How to test. He had somebody else test it. Willie M. Radio used to test it for him. And he'd get a setup for him. Bradshaw just ride the wheels up, I think. Yep. He didn't care what, what it was for. He didn't feel like what to change or what to make better. He just held the throttle on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's Damon for you for sure. Yeah, he's told us that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you, if we say you're training somebody and like you, you want him to see what you're trying to teach them, who's like, it doesn't even have to be current, but who's like the one guy that you're like, you're like, hey, go watch videos of him. Cause that's, that's the technique. I mean, is it yourself or is it like, who would you, who well, would you give that title to? No, it ain't myself. When I was <laughs> racing, I, uh, didn't have very good technique. After I finished racing for a living, then I started studying technique. Oh, wow. That's funny. Got good at it. But I would say uh, Jean-Michel Bale, that's the first guy that comes to mind. Good pick. So smooth. I mean, poetry in motion, man. Unbelievable. Smooth. Yeah. we. Well, I actually just mentioned him a minute ago because we were talking about Nationals and Dylan Ferrandis and, you know, and but, yeah, J&B, man, was unreal. And then he just walked away and decided he was going to go road racing, road and, racing. And, and win at that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy. 
also a running machine. He was really mm, cool. Dogger. A good technique. Yeah, the dogger. Yep. What about a guy like, like everybody now always goes to Wyndham. Like Kevin was also, I think, poetry. Oh, yeah. Yep. Kevin Wyndham definitely he, he fits into that category. Yep. I, I like talent. it. Well, Gary, of your accomplishments, like I, I just have a, a small list here. I have your obviously 74, 500 CC championship, second in the AMA 500 national series in 76. Um, you know, what, what stands out to you as like not necessarily the highlight of accomplishments, but maybe your favorite moment of your career? Well, one thing that I was really proud of was the first year that I went to Europe and raced the GPs over there, 500 GPs because I was really sick for one thing. I had some kind of double virus and bacterial infection that I just, it just wouldn't go away. Went over there early in March, and I was supposed to ride for Honda of Germany, the mm-hmm. distributor, but when I got there, they didn't even know who I was. Oh, wow. So it was like being there in Europe with nothing at all, your suitcases, that's it. And... Yeah, I mean, it's a long story, but it ended up getting production bikes from Honda of Germany, getting works bike through Roger DeCoster, uh, Honda Japan, and coming out seventh overall in the series. Yeah, it was 82, right? Yeah, 82. Yeah, that's impressive because just the, the the short story that you just gave us, like anybody, the younger kids listening, like this is before internet, just before cell phones. So you get over there, and they don't know any, they don't know who you are, and you got to figure out, like you're stranded almost, right? You can't call Uber to come pick you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had to tell them who I was, and then one of the mechan- uh, one of their riders was there in the shop. A real nice guy, Manfred Schobler was his name, German, and. He said, you come and stay in my apartment. You can ride my practice bike. And oh, wow. We'll see. we'll see what can happen. And then one of their riders, other riders got hurt. And I got to use his bike's truck and mechanic and go to some international races. So I got to do that and prove myself that I was, you know, yeah. worthy of being there. And that's how it started working out, man. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then to leave there at the end, knowing that, the way I started and the way I was leaving there, it was the same parking lot, Honda Germany parking lot, uh, Honda Japan, you know, distributor of Germany. Uh-huh. And leaving that parking lot and remembering what it was like when I first got there was a pretty awesome feeling. That's that's a cool story, man. That, that I like that. Yeah, that's that's a the rag, not rags to riches, but just a overcoming adversity and in a what would be a very difficult situation for most people and then go into another country and like how'd you adjust to the food and the travel was that something that was like difficult or did you take to it pretty easily well the, my friend graham noise um he got me hooked up with his mechanic's brother okay so we were all together noise and his mechanic and then my mechanic um and they they lived there so they knew how to do everything and where to eat and travel. And they just uh, kind of took me under their wing and took me along. That's <laughs> awesome. Scott, you got anything else? Oh. Let him go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's all right. Um, and that Honda of Germany gave me a U.S. van. It was a Dodge van that had been left there. They let me use that. And Jeff, my mechanic, 
and uh, we we just took off and did all the international races leading up to the GPs, and then we did all the GPs, and that was that, man. Man, what a cool but, cool time. Yeah, and then after I got done racing, I started doing motocross schools, and then I started producing VHS tapes, and that's the way I'm really making making a living now. I put so much time, effort, and work into those videos, and they. If you haven't seen them, you gotta try them out. Cause they, um, excuse me, I hear it from, from people all the time how much they helped them. Yeah, I've heard lots of good things about it too. And I just, you know, like I, I was kind of telling you about myself a little bit ago, and I guess I've just been hard headed and not put that effort in. Um, but I need to because, like I said, I, I did have a couple of big crashes in the last year, one of which was mm-hmm. on Damon Bradshaw's bike last <laughs> September where I, uh, I fractured four ribs and punctured a lung. So, no. yeah, that's... I got you beat on that one. I did seven ribs and a puncture alone. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, well, not fun, obviously, and I don't want it to happen again. Yeah. So I, I promise you when I uh, get back in the house tonight, I will be subscribing to your videos on demand for sure. Um, yeah, cool, I, I, man. I hope a lot of your listeners do, too. Absolutely. It's, we'll, like we'll, say, it's 10 bucks a month. It's easy to cancel at any time, and I think you're going to love it. Well, I'm going to jump in for sure, and we'll continue to promote it for you. And uh, Scott, did you have anything else before we let Gary go? Well, just something kind of about his training videos. Say there's somebody you know that's new into the sport, or somebody that's on that brink that just needs that extra little technique, and is trying to absorb as much information as possible. I know Ryan Ryan Hughes does a lot of training videos and stuff. Do you think somebody mm-hmm. could watch his and watch yours and it would all help? Or do you do you feel like there's kind of a difference in like maybe one thing would work one way or you would kind of like clash? Uh, no, I don't think we'd clash. The videos that I've seen of Ryan's, not a whole lot of them, but he does a lot with your hips and your positioning on the bike when you're standing and stuff. And that, that's exactly the same as what I teach. So that's that alone is the same. I don't know about all the other stuff we teach us. Right. Well, Gary, it, again, it's it's an honor to have gotten a chance to meet you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I feel like there's probably a lot more stories that we could get out of you, and maybe we'll be able to do that another time. But um, thank you yeah. so much for giving us some of your time. Oh, you're welcome, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy sharing the love, you know, helping people to ride better and safer. That's been my job for a long, long time now. <laughs> well, everybody go to gsmxs.com. We'll, we'll post that up on our Instagram and uh, go, go subscribe. Says, yeah, it's cheaper. It's cheaper than Netflix and a whole lot more beneficial to what we love to do. So let's. Yeah, that'll get you to my main uh, homepage. And then as soon as you start scrolling down, you'll see all across the screen will be the streaming videos. You yeah, I, there and take you to them. yeah, I checked that out the, uh, a couple nights ago when I was, you know, looking up some information on you. I saw that, and I'm, I'm, I will be subscribing tonight. But thanks so much, Gary. I appreciate cool. you, buddy. All right, Jamie. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Yes, sir. You have a good night. You too. Right, bye. bye, dude. How rad is it that we get to? I mean, I know you're young. Oh, I know who he is, and it's before my time as well. But it's how rad is it that we get to talk to these guys that were in the, the er, like, heyday, right? I mean, the er, early days of what's become our thing. Well, I, what I didn't realize, and I thought it was cool, is that, like, he he did his career, and then, like, he said, he's like, oh, I, I didn't have the best technique. Right, yeah. And then he, like, 
we're thankful. We need to be thankful for the pioneers like him. Like, I mean, his stuff that is, is he, he's like, you know what? I could, I could have done this better and I'm going to learn what I could have done better and teach it to all the young generations. And now we're like four generations deep. Like my, my writing has improved after watching his videos. And like he said, everybody else talks about how much it helps him. And yeah. it's like, it's cool that like we, we, odes to those guys that do that and like him and you know rhino and all these other guys that have put the time and the research into figuring this out and like it was you know very thankful for guys like that yeah i agree i i, I like i said i, I i'm going to subscribe once i get back in the house after i get this thing edited yeah i think i am too i didn't realize it was like a monthly thing now i thought it was just like a like a youtube yeah thing. i i didn't i saw that like the video say vod video on demand but yeah. i didn't really dig into it went on the website but uh i'm gonna hear in a little bit gsmxs.com so i guess uh, obviously that's gary Semick's motocross schools yeah gmxs G gsmxs.com guys go check it out support the guy yeah i i i absolutely have terrible technique i know that i and i cool. would like i say all the time like i'm as good as i'm ever gonna get because i just <laughs> don't get to ride that much yeah. i don't i can't put any time into it i'm 45 and at this point, with the way my shoulder's been and my arm, I hope I ever get to ride again, period. Well, you could just but, prolong it with better technique, I think. I hope so. So I'm going to find out. Because that's the thing I've learned how to do is to ride faster, smarter, rather than just, like, charging and blowing out every corner. Yeah. And actually, like, being smart. And, like, I, it lets me, like, do more on the bike. Because, like, well, when I, I stopped riding for a few years, and when I came back, I watched every video he had on, okay. on YouTube to kind of, like, get the wheels turning yeah. again. And I know... I've never I, done that. I noticed a difference. I noticed that I was more cognitive about my body position while I'm riding, feet, arms, the little things that he trained you, and, like, mm -hmm. and the throttle control, and all this. Just the little t stuff. You watch it a couple times, and you have that stuck in you start your head. thinking about it. And then when you're, when you're out there, it just... Man, I've definitely... No I, I think you could watch Gary Simic's video on the way to the track, and you're almost guaranteed to go a second to two seconds a lap faster. Holy shit. Two, watching oh, it. There's my language again. Two <laughs> seconds a lap faster? I don't know, man. I need that. I, that might I be mean, an exaggeration, Scotty. If you're, oh, man, if you're a pro guy, <laughs> then it's your already speak. Yeah, but right, if, I hear if you're, you're a novice guy and you watch, you. and you're boner airing, and then you watch yeah. a video of him, you're going to cut off some time. Okay. For sure. All right. Well, we're going to check it out. Guys, uh, short show tonight. We're going to wrap oh. this thing up. I want to thank all of our sponsors again. Uh, Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, Extreme Colors, we need to do a giveaway again, a, a paint job with Kirk. I'll have to call him. Berm, Lord, Berm Lords, man, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, and Williams Moto Works, all supporting the show. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Patreon.com if you want to support support us any. That obviously always helps. We've talked about that a ton. Um, anything else before we roll this thing? I just had to give a shout out to Garrett. He gave he got uh, me that fly racing hat, and yeah. I've never really gotten any perks like that. So thank you, Garrett. Yeah, it's your first free product. They said you join the show, but there's not gonna be any perks. Well, <laughs> I, I just got a free Proved hat. Just wrong already. Yeah. So Here, I, here's a sticker. Here. Oh here, look, there we're we'll giving you a sticker. It's a twofer. Yeah, it's funny. I have some of these left over still from Loretta's. We gave some away, but I still have some left over. So I, I need to I need to put one. I'll, I'll go put six on my bike so we can join the club. Oh, shut up. <laughs> All right, we're out of here, right. guys. Thanks. Thanks.